0: Hey, if you're in the autonomous vehicle or mobility space, don't forget we've just recently launched our new AV and mobility strategy consulting firm, Hogan Co. We've got partners in Amsterdam, Paris, and right here in San Francisco, as well as associates around the world, including Boston and Philadelphia. All of our members are either PhDs, attorneys, engineers, or startup founders with extensive experience in the autonomous vehicle and mobility space. If you have any questions or you'd like to chat further, please check out our new website at HogueAndCo.com or visit us on all social media at Hogan co. That's H-O-A-G-A-N-D-C-O. And we're back. It's Tuesday, the 4th of February, 2020. And with that, we are officially in the Screaming Twenties. If that sounds familiar, that's because you listened to last season's finale when I gave the sort of forward-looking discussion on what we can expect in this exciting decade. If you haven't had a chance yet, please be sure to give it a listen now. Uh, Today, though, really excited to share with you, I've got an exciting team podcast episode with My two founding partners over from Hogan Co., Felix Dochmeyer and Martin Adler. If you remember, the idea was to close out season four with a team podcast that didn't happen. So instead, what we're doing today is we're going to share with you our thoughts on CES 2020. I know we are. It's now been, what, almost a month to the day since CES um, but that's kind of the idea, right? The idea was you've had kind of the past month to kind of reflect on everything you, you saw and you learned from CES. And so we now wanted to circle back and give our perspective on each of our top three favorite things at CES as pertains to, of course, the autonomous vehicle industry. So I think it's a pretty exciting episode. You're going to enjoy it quite a bit. Um, Martin and Felix, of course, joining me from nine time zones ahead in, let's see, Martin's in Amsterdam. Felix is in Paris. So, um, really good of them to join pretty late in the evening for them, but it's a really, uh, great chat. I think you'll like it quite a lot. Um, other than that, what can I say? Um, for those of you who follow me on social media at autonomous Hogue, uh, especially on Twitter and Instagram, you may have noticed a couple weeks ago, I was lucky enough to be invited to attend Cruz's reveal party for the cruise origin. I was essentially live streaming the majority of that event, shared a whole bunch of photos. If you haven't checked them out yet, please do. And While you're there, you can follow me. Um, I will, of course, be doing a full episode on the Cruise Origin exclusively. uh, That should be airing in the next episode, episode uh, coming up on Friday. So please be sure to circle back for that. Uh, Suffice to say, I am genuinely blown away and thrilled by what Cruise have announced. So that should be a pretty cool episode. Right. Without further more to say, then, hope you're sitting comfortably. Season 5 of Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue. Begins now.
1: Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on
2: Armor All products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it.
0: Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. Armor All. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. So, obviously, now we've had a month or so to let CES kind of marinate in our minds, and we kind of wanted to take a uh, retrospective look and share our thoughts with everybody um let's uh quickly say who's who so everybody knows uh what voice belongs to what person so martin say hello
1: hi here's martin from amsterdam
2: and felix yes hello here's felix from paris
0: Hi, uh, cool i think the idea is we should kind of touch on our favorite items from ces obviously a lot of people saying ces now is more of a car show than a tech show but of course cars and tech are kind of one and the same now
2: no that's a good point mark um I also have the feeling that there's some general trends in, in what's going on at CES, and uh, one is, of course, or one, one point that is irritating me is that it's the consumer electric show, and uh, what is the consumer part when we talk about some very specific parts built in in, in new vehicles like lighters or also um, any kind of algorithms? Um, that is, that is for sure not meant to, or it's not designed for consumers. Um, so I'm, I'm curious how, how that fits together. Um, it's one, one big trend that I see looking at the CS and everything around it.
0: That's an interesting point. So your point is a lot, there's a lot of tech being showcased that isn't at all for consumers, but rather for other companies to use.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, sorry. It's, it's very interesting for us, um, for everyone who's in the industry, but I don't see the point for the consumers. I
1: don't know if it's a very good idea to combine both a technology fair together with a car fair. It seems that both topics would probably have enough issues to address to make those two separate. But if if just the way it goes, then I'm I'm also fine with it.
2: Yeah. Did you know that there are less visitors this year than last year?
0: I heard that. I heard that. Although apparently it was just as crazy as always. But yes, I did hear the turnout was lower. Yeah. I think. I mean, I was there last year, and I thought it was catastrophic. So I think a little bit less people might be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, so okay. Well, look who who wants to kick off with their favorite thing, or at least one of their three favorite things.
2: So I have a very special one that I really liked. Um, I was really surprised when I saw it. Um, it was the Sony electric car that they introduced.
0: Well, gee, what a surprise! I guess I'm guessing all three of us included that. I, I guess so. <laughs>
2: well, so, what do we know? What do we know about this car? Um, it's first of all, it's very impressive. Nothing, not much. huh? Um,
1: no, exactly. It's exactly, damage I got.
2: Uh,
0: I'm mostly impressed how Sony was able to keep it under wraps for so long. Nobody knew. There was not a single leak. Uh, um, they did a good job on that.
2: Yeah, well done. Everyone was speaking about it for weeks. Um yeah. everyone is curious whether that will be uh that will go into production or not. I think it's for I what can be Sony's interest in it. So they are definitely not a car manufacturer. I doubt that they will ever become a car manufacturer. I will rather let someone else produce it for them, if that will ever happen. Um especially with the new battery technology, I guess they mentioned that. And the interior. So in the interior that was basically Sony's um, so this domain or that's what 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 they're good at so speakers entertainment systems all these kind of things
1: and this is the general trend which you see there that consumer the consumer goods industry which is not an automotive producer that they are practicing on producing cars maybe not with the focus on bringing a car on the market themselves but practically staying in the loop and then also being able to supply kind of their products to those cars so i'm not even sure if they're really interested in having this car roll out it just needs to be movable it needs to showcase their products so because if you would start a corporation with another car manufacturer then you automatically become dependent on that car manufacturer you know and that takes a lot of negotiation power in the future away from you if you just become one supplier to one certain car manufacturer with one set of screens and you don't have a car yourself, then you're very tied to that supplier or that producer so I yeah think that uh, I,
0: I and I kind of see it in a different way though i mean it, the whole point i mean if you look at Tesla right the whole point is that a, a tesla well, Tesla as a company is not by any relevant metrics it's not just a car company it is effectively a technology company and i think to me seeing the sony car out there really drove that point home it's not that sony developed or showcased a car because they're like oh look we're going to start becoming a car company but rather that the future of the automobile an electric autonomous connected car is just another sort of tech except that this sort of tech has wheels and it can carry people around and I think that's all they're showcasing. So whether Tony, Sony is making a TV or a, or a computer or whatever, well, okay, by the way, they're going to make a thing with wheels. I think that was kind of the point symbolically to show that a car in the future is just another another form of tech. No, yeah. it's
2: what many people mm-hmm. say. And, a, and
0: so why, why is it weird that Sony should do it? You know, why is that weird?
2: No, I think it's not weird at all. It's, if, if you look at it like this, it's, it's just a logical step forward. Um, I mean, think I uh, think it was the the Volkswagen CEO who just lately said that cars are well, cars of the future will be like uh, like an iPhone on wheels. Uh, the Tesla is an iPhone on wheels, basically. I mean, you can play games and do basically everything you can do with your iPhone. Um, so Sony's playing the same the same card, and with, with this big surprise, I think it was a quite good move.
0: Yeah, and by the way, speaking of iPhone, let's not forget, when iPhone first came out, they didn't have things like the App Store. It was just some clever-looking phone with a really pretty screen, and everybody said, oh, well, this is never going to compete with the likes of Nokia. It never occurred to many people that it was going to be so much more besides. And same thing with Tesla, and I think potentially if Sony decided actually to produce a car, same thing there. It's not just a car in as much as iPhone wasn't just a phone. And I think that's the valid analogy. Yeah, True.
2: And I think the the big success of, of all the the Apple universe was really opening up the app stores for third party apps, and exactly. And that's what we see. There's so many platforms right now. Um, Sony, um, I mean, basically every car manufacturer has one. And uh, I wouldn't wonder if we see market clearing in the in the near future. Maybe 2020, 2021, we see market clearing. Maybe there will be one dominant platform, one or two. We see Apple is pushing into it. Um, as you as you said in one of your podcasts, your previous podcast, Mark, then um, Google with their car Android, I guess that that was the name. Um, they also providing a platform. We have with several third platforms, and it will be a real platform, a platform race on, on your car, on your built-in in, in in your car entertainment system. You have some built-in apps, um, or you in the future you will have some third-party apps like let, let's say Netflix. Uh, Spotify, something that you already have when you have Apple CarPlay mm-hmm. um, or, or I think you can also connect Google phones with your car. Do you think that this is more, do you think you could, a, a
1: car which is really one provider or one manufacturer, do you think this is more interesting to the buyer's market as much to the person who would like use it as a shared mobility or do you think that that there's a large difference, that people who buy a car are really, really product-oriented, really focus on, like, getting the brand they care about and which represents them the best. And then a person who, like, takes a shared car, he practically doesn't mind which different companies are involved in assembling what's whatever's best.
2: I think you, it's both. So human-machine interfaces are extremely important. Uh, I think it's also one of the biggest uh, the, 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 the biggest part of is of uh, human-machine interface. And any sorts of hardware, software, different screens, head-up displays. So that's the communication with uh, with the customer, who, in the end, buys the car or wants to use a specific brand. No. And uh, you also have, you have other stakeholders like insurances that are interested to place perhaps their apps analyzing your driving styles or, or driving behavior, um, and, and 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 many others. Maybe the government as well. We can, I mean, in a in an autonomous driving mm-hmm. car sense, in real time data to any to to any um, infrastructure or to any anyone possible. You can also say, okay, um, you can force your car, for example, if it breaks a rule, to send immediately a, a notice to, to the police that they can they can fine you for that. Um, I mean, everything is possible.
1: That's a good point. And also, it takes quite a. It's quite difficult to learn to deal with a new platform. I, I realize when I'm try to use another platform that it takes me some time to quickly get accustomed to so if you would take a car and it, it wouldn't be the same platform you're using on your other everyday life then probably that car would also seem to a certain extent a little bit less comfortable a little bit more confusing and costly to use so you would probably want to try to stay within one set of platforms what you have for example when when a friend gives you a phone of a platform you're not using and you're trying to find where the the pictures are hidden or something like that you know Similar with a car.
0: I mean, it's an interesting point. The, the question on platform for a shared, for a shared fleet. You're right. That's, that is kind of an important distinction. I mean, it's one thing if it's your own car, but if you're sharing it, uh, I mean, I guess optimally it could adapt to whatever, I don't know. I guess the idea is it have to be synced up where they're compatible with whatever phone the occupant has. Right. But what if it's a, <laughs> what if it's a bunch of different occupants, each of whom have a different phone, um, Hmm. Yeah,
1: or it has to be intuitive enough that anybody with, could use it
0: right um, Well, let's talk design for a second what did that thing look like to you I'm curious if we all saw the same thing
1: makes me want to throw a metal ball at their windows and-
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I don't expect design, it's I- not a surprise for me lately, oh, since Tesla Model 3 everything looks the same um, kind of, in my opinion. That's
0: funny, because I was going to say it, it looked a lot to me like somebody took a Tesla and a Porsche Taycan and mushed them together.
2: Yeah. It's a good mix. It looks good, but it's not a... Design-wise, not, not a surprise. Bad,
0: yeah. 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 Yeah,
1: sure. But did you see the interior? I mean, it, it's, it's unsure if you see the interior, if they got lost anywhere between, like, a streaming platform and, and an actual car. I think it has, like, six screens or something like that
0: well, hang on let's not forget the byton what is it called the m byte or whatever it is that yes. has that ridiculously huge one—the 48 inch screen that is has, ever, has anyone ever actually it's yeah that's immense i mean like i'm just curious if you're sitting in the driver's seat can you actually see over the top of the screen
2: <laughs> well it has it has autonomous it with
0: like a virtual display
2: <laughs> it's supposed to have autonomous driving features so technically you don't need to look out that oh, right.
0: much <laughs> that's true that's true um,
2: but very well look
0: since we're I mean, I mean since we're talking about the insides of cars then I, I will quickly jump to my second point since we all agreed on the Sony car as one of our points uh, it's going to sound really mundane really not a big deal but I think it's a huge deal Bosch's Virtual visor. Did you guys catch this? Yeah, I've overflowed on that. Yeah. So I actually think that's a really big deal. I mean, I grant that I don't drive as much now in Northern California as I did when I was down in LA and San Diego. I was doing more than twenty thousand miles per year on average. Oh, yeah. Here, I do closer to ten or twelve. But I mean, gosh, a visor which is effectively transparent except for the bits that don't need to be to block the sun from your eyes. I mean, if ever there was a thing that sounded like solving a problem nobody knew they had, I actually disagree. This is a really profoundly awesome problem to solve. I I remember when I first heard about automatic high beams on cars, I thought, okay, that's silly. When I first heard about automatic windshield wipers, I thought, oh, that's silly. And then I experienced them and I was like, wow, I will never again have a car without auto windshield wipers and auto headlights. So hey, if there's a visor that can block out just those portions of the sun's rays and leave everything else transparent, I think that's really cool
1: yeah that's super awesome it's it's not even only for cars i mean think about it if you had it in your sunglasses or something like that it's hmm. really important if the sun is low this is really cool tech
0: yeah and
1: you can also if you can also adjust like you know transparency yeah it would be really helpful
0: yeah i mean the prototype has a ways to go still the transparent portions are still pretty uh well not super they're, i mean they're 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 not super trans- not super clear, um, but hey, yeah. If they make it work nicely,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, and also do optimal. Sorry,
2: no. I just wanted to say that. I go. just wanted to to add that um, Bosch is actually one of the most innovative companies in in the AV space. So they they're really doing a huge effort. Um, maybe doing. I
0: like their washing machines.
2: Love it. <laughs> there, <laughs> when you see what Bosch is doing, it's it's it's. It's impressive. Um, I really like to see. It's for me, it's a bit the underdog in terms of when you see the ratio between um, their marketing efforts and they and the innovation, the innovations that they produce. Um, it's it's maybe the contrary to Tesla, who's I don't know everything that Tesla does is in the media.
0: Um where right, but to be super clear though, Tesla doesn't do any marketing. They have literally zero marketing spend. Yeah, and they
2: haven't been to CS. Same like uh same like Ooh, that's true same too. like uh, build your dreams. So the biggest two electric car manufacturers were uh, were not there. It's also remarkable, I guess. Right.
0: Yeah. Hey speaking of Bosch, didn't they just announce a new low-cost LIDAR? Hmm. Yeah. I'm actually just pulling that up here. There's not much there's not much info on it, but
2: yeah, there are many lighter companies, uh, all, all yeah. facing similar similar issues. I guess I think in terms of technology, they all. I I don't know who will make the race. Hard, very hard to say. Um, maybe we will see. Mm-hmm. We will say specialized um, lighter systems for specialized uh, for special cars. I think for heavy trucks, you need perhaps a different one than for for super sport cars. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it all depends. But I think they they have the same problem like scalability and. And produce produce one for a reasonable
1: price. Mm-hmm. But are mm-hmm. quite sure that in in a few few years, like almost every car, new newly produced car is going to have one. So it's going to be a great market to be in.
0: Yep. Well, speaking of which, does anybody have any info on what's happened with BMW and InnoViz? Last I had heard about a year ago, they had they, they had announced that we're going to have the first commercially available vehicle for consumer purchase, a new. I think they said a 2021 three series was going to be kitted out with one of InnoViz's solid state LIDAR, but I've not heard anything about it since then. Yeah.
2: Time is running. We can just say that I hope that they are, um, I think that that they are busy working. They they announced it for 2021. Uh, that's all I know.
0: Right. And actually just, I'm just Googling it here. It actually was back in 2018. So actually more like two years ago, almost. Um, but yeah, I've not heard anything else yeah. since. Um, Speaking of which, this whole argument between lidar and camera vision with Tesla, I think this kind of needs to stop. It's a silly argument. I just don't, I don't really see what the point is. I mean, look, if everybody else wants to make semi-autonomy work with lidar, go for it. No one's saying not to. Um, if meanwhile Tesla is continuing to improve to the extent they are without lidar, cool, great. Who cares? Let's just see who succeeds, and that's the end of it.
2: Yeah, it's for me. It reminds me on the on the discussion on what's what's the best source of energy. Is it, uh, is, it is is it batteries <laughs> or fuel cells? Um, well, of course, there are pro and cons. Um, in the end, it's every, every business has to make a decision, um, and their strategy sometimes long-term, sh- sometimes rather short-term. Um, important here is the public perception or the acceptance, um, and of, of these kind of new technologies, I guess.
1: But we also, but we also, sorry, Felix, to interrupt. But we also know that there is a quite a large number of. Um, users who really high uh, value safety the highest. And for them, if you say you have an extra sensor in it, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's so great. And and much rather go with this, even if, like, I don't know, you increase safety by 1% or 2%. And if since LIDAR is in a certain component or, like, in certain aspects of safety unmatched, then I don't really see how you could possibly escape using that.
0: Mm. you
1: know so like frankly it's going to be really cheap to build in and you can and people love it because it's so safe so
0: sure but 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 hold on i don't think there's a single buyer of tesla vehicles today who goes into the dealership or rather opens up their iphone i should say and places an order and thinks to themselves, hmm this car doesn't have lidar gosh i don't know if i should get it it's probably not safe enough I'm not suggesting that if there were a competing product on the market, which had LiDAR and Tesla didn't, and that's a good point. Maybe then people might pause. My hunch? No. I don't think people would give a damn. Yeah.
2: Oh, How, how did you make your decision to order the Cybertruck? Didn't you place yeah, it? Did yeah, you, I placed it on Yeah,
0: I did. Um, oh, have I not told you guys the story on this, why I did this? Uh, it was mostly just for, uh, for fun, <laughs> but it occurred to me that it was going to be such a big uh, – kind of such a big trending thing on Twitter, I thought it'd be kind of fun. And I figured, well, I can either put $100 towards a bunch of Google ads or I can put $100 towards this reservation and tweet that. And lo and behold, what a surprise. It ended up being my most engaged tweet ever. I don't know if that's awesome. or really depressing, but it worked.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty, Don't get me wrong. I think the Tesla um,
0: Cybertruck is ridiculous. In fact, just based on looks alone, if nothing else, I mean, I'm actually kind of crushing on the Rivian. I say the, on, on both Rivians. I think Rivian vehicles look spectacularly beautiful, uh, not to mention the paint job options they have. Um, I think the Cybertruck is really cool just by virtue of kind of what it symbolizes, what it means, what it can do. But again, without getting too off point here, let's not forget, I think the biggest, the biggest point about the Cybertruck is really the, the fact that they've managed to effectively, if, if the math is right on this, they've effectively cut battery production, by the cost in half.
2: your happy price, price line.
1: Yeah, that's pretty really cool.
0: May- maybe, and, and we're kind of seeing that with the new model, th- uh, model Y, right? It's getting further range at the lower price that it is, and yeah.
1: Maybe that's also a good moment to move on to another product, which also aims in the same direction, but is maybe a bit more yeah. into the future. Did you see the concept car of Mercedes-Benz? See which one? The Avatar. Yeah, the Avatar, the, Avatar the one. EQ yeah Avatar? Right, so
0: before we get into that can i just say with no shame whatsoever i really liked the first avatar movie and i'm looking forward to the second okay next <laughs> no,
1: I, I, I mean the car looked interesting and like there was it didn't it, 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 you know the the. i mean concept cars are really out there in a sense but for what struck me the most is that they wanted to invest in a new battery technology and uh the battery Technology is practically using uh, different polymers. So it's practically much less uh, wasteful. It's, and it, it's fully compostable. Yes, yeah, it's, it's right? fully compostable. And I mean, yeah. if this, and I was trying to read up on the technology, and there's a couple of companies who are like investigating in that. And there is some yeah. prototypes which are halfway workable. So like, it's, it's really difficult to say if this will take off. But if this would take off, then it would be an incredible breakthrough for EV. You know, if you could produce recyclable batteries, I mean, that would be yeah, a no, look, game you're changer. Right.
0: Do you do you think maybe is, is there a is there a possibility that maybe Tesla is going in that direction with their acquisition of Maxwell? I mean, do you guys remember they, they acquired Maxwell a little while ago, the battery maker, right? And nobody really knows what they're doing or why. And there's easy answers, which is oh, they just want to have their manufacturing capabilities of Maxwell perhaps or R and D or whatever. But I I have a really hard uh, thought- time. Mm-hmm.
2: I thought that they they, they really need uh, more capacity to produce because now they people are ordering and they deliver and maybe they you know the gigafactory is not enough. Um, that was my initial thought on this.
0: Sure. Look, and I think that's the obvious first stage of it all. Yeah, but I, I would I I will happily go on record to predict that at some point we will see that <clears throat> Tesla switches over to a fully green, meaning fully renewable. What am I looking for here? Fully compostable uh, battery chemistry, similar to what you just mentioned in the the Mercedes Avatar concept. Even
1: even if you can recycle sixty percent of it, I mean that's fantastic. Well, that's you know, true. To reasonable yeah. cost, I mean for the next ten fifteen years when we start using this technology mm-hmm, more and more. Mm-hmm. From 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 nowadays being from nowadays being there are no facilities to industrial recycle batteries. I mean sixty <laughs> percent would be great. To going from zero to sixty. Yeah, no,
0: that's that's true. Oh, um, well, okay. Well, and
1: and what, do you, what do you think about the, the design of the car?
0: I mean, it looks like a. <laughs> <laughs> let's just say I, I'm rather more fond of the the the, the kind of prototype images the that Audi I've car? seen of the new EQS. Hmm. Have you seen this? It's the proposed S-Class variant of the EQ line.
2: Yeah, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, which, by the way, this is a really important point. The EQC that Mercedes announced, or I guess showcased for the first time, I think last year at 2019 CES, they basically canceled their plans to deploy them in the U.S. And last I checked, in Germany alone, they had only sold something like 30 or 40. I mean, so by every objective metric, that thing is a complete failure. And... Okay, since we're on the topic, I mean, look, there is no other electric car company that's even getting close. I mean, arguably Porsche's Taycan is, I mean, as a vehicle, it's a good thing, I guess. But from an electric powertrain point of view, it's kind of not. This is not a kind of, oh, put Tesla on a pedestal kind of thing. This is a matter of it illustrates just how hard it is to get this right
2: from an engineering point of view and from the it's a different concept than 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 tesla porsche has to has to produce something emotional for for its clients so and and in the end it's a sports car and um the range is just okay the range is something yeah you compare it to tesla model 3 and everything but a sports car needs to be performed needs to perform well on a track and that's what basic most of the Porsches are designed for to perform well on a racetrack, and um, that's what you see with they work a lot with emotions, and you see this with their sound design, with their interior, with their exterior. Everything is is very sporty, and a Tesla, well, a Tesla is a different concept. It's Tesla is more for.
0: Are you about to suggest that people who buy Teslas are not emotionally attached to Tesla?
2: They are, but they are, (laughs) but for different reasons. They are for different reasons. So, uh, a car, a car, a car lover would buy a Porsche, but um, someone who's iPhone addicted or who is I don't know, who's who's a geek would buy would rather buy a Tesla. I guess it's a sporty car as well, so it's 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 really hard to distinguish. But I guess. There, there are people, there are Porsche lovers, and they would only go for Porsche because it's a Porsche. No, I
0: get it. We're, we're, we are both hopeless car guys. I mean, I get it. Of course, if I had the choice tomorrow to go get either pretty much any Porsche model of any year or a Tesla, yeah, I'd be really torn too. I mean, but again, that's why I go back to my ridiculous um, analogy where I say that, yeah, I also went and bought a record player for the occasional time. I just want to sit and listen to music and do nothing else. Um, so if there's room for both, yeah, you do get both. But if it's for just everyday use, I think I would probably go for the Tesla instead of like a 1973 Carrera RS, as painful as that would be to admit. <laughs>
2: I would agree. Um, I think there's a general trend in automotive.
0: Also, I don't fit in a 73 RS. I've tried. I literally physically don't fit in it. it it's, it's really, I almost cried. Uh, it was awful. Bummer.
2: So you have to go for a Tesla for yeah. physical reasons. <laughs>
0: yeah except i think tesla is probably one of the most uncomfortable cars i've ever sat in at least the model 3 is i think the seats are terrible there's no left leg room to extend your leg on a long drive my point is i don't think Tesla's perfect it's really not i just think it's the most perfect thing the most perfect technology i don't think it's the most perfect car mm,
2: it really depends on what you what you're looking for again if, if you're looking for an electric sports car and you don't care about money i would go for the porsche but here's the point when you you said it the for, for your everyday use a Tesla is a good fit but this trend that I observe in automotive is that there are more special purpose vehicles around so you have long distance high speed vehicles and you have you have vehicles that are only meant to drive in a city for let's say um, 50 kilometers per hour or so max so aerodynamics do not play a role that much and um, you you, you it wasn't ZF or everyone is, is coming up with these little pods that are basically like minivans and they're mostly autonomous and electric. So this is, I think we will, we will not see many super sports cars in, in future cities. We will rather see special build vehicles for cities to be very practical to either transport goods or people around. And um, I don't, I, even if I like the design of modern cars, I don't think this is a very sustainable trend.
0: Well, speaking of podcars, I mean, and I'm going to talk about this in a future episode, but obviously, as you guys know, I was at the uh, Cruise Origin reveal party, uh, what was it, last week? And um, suffice to say, I think Cruise has essentially won the, the race, at least for the short term. I think what they've revealed is exactly the right sort of product. And I mean, really, truly, exactly the right sort of product. Um, I think they're still dropping the ball, as I've said countless times, uh, with respect to having not preemptively queued up a relationship with cities, like, for example, their home city of San Francisco. So they are already all set to go to deploy these on the bus lanes and certain stretches of roads. Actually, funny thing. um, Gosh, and, you know, I would almost assume this was intentional, but I have nothing to suggest that it was. I don't know if you guys heard, but But Market Street, which is like the main kind of boulevard here in downtown San Francisco, goes from the Ferry Building all the way down to, well, all the way through the city, really. Um, They just finally, for the first time ever, they've done what I've been proposing for years. They've completely removed all vehicle traffic. It's only pedestrian, bicycles, taxi, not Uber and Lyft. And of course, you know, delivery trucks, I believe, and uh, obviously emergency vehicles. Um, So it's effectively car-free for really the entire length of market through downtown San Francisco, um, of course, buses and the the train that runs there, they can still go there. And for me, the question is, you know, why (laughs) is, is Cruise sufficiently sophisticated to navigate all of SF, never mind what Cruise claims? I don't know. Maybe it is. Probably it isn't. That's not the point. Could it do it on a fenced off area for that entire stretch of Market Street? Absolutely it could. So why isn't that already happening? Why isn't that what's ha- So that's, I'll never understand this. I don't know what's going on. And I think that's the big missed point.
2: Uh, Mark, what what do the people in, in San Francisco think about this, that the city's partly closed for vehicles?
0: So I th- um, look, the, the honest metric-based answer, I don't know. I, I don't know. I haven't seen any surveys. Anecdotally, I can say that I've seen in the Twitterverse and elsewhere that I think generally people are pretty pleased. I think there's a lot of um concern from some of the vendors some of the uh, especially some of the little kiosk owners who sell you know you know food carts and that kind of thing they 're concerned that somehow maybe and I, actually now that I say this i don 't really follow the logic they 're concerned that maybe somehow they 'll get less traffic but to me it seems they would get more foot traffic so I and mean, then the other concern of course is that if you 've got a cart to like a food cart you try to get to your corner how do you get it there if you can 't bring it on your personal vehicle right so there's some logistical issues no
1: i mean there is a lot of like electric versions now where you can have a little food truck on an electric like you know bicycle kind of like tri-wheeler and you just like cycle electric wheel it over there and it's no problem whatsoever there's a lot of them here in, in the netherlands nowadays and they're perfectly working I, I believe these exist in the netherlands. Tell, like little little br- 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 bradwurst from 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 your bicycle practically and Honestly, like, there is so much evidence which shows that in places which you have a high desirability and, like, you know, a relaxing atmosphere of foot traffic increases so much once you start, like, pedestrianizing oh, yeah, it course. or at least making it comma for traffic. And people really start enjoying it. I mean, there's, there's no... And initially, vendors will be against it. But then if you come half a year later and you ask them again, they will be like, oh, my God, don't remove it. It's great, you know. Hey, yes, of so course. And,
0: and let's not forget, it's been, we've had this in L.A. forever. Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica. Okay, it doesn't have any vehicle traffic at all, not even buses or, or, or surface streetcars, you know, I mean, trains. It's just pedestrian only. In fact, I don't even think bicycles are allowed there. It's just people. Um, that's been great. And I always thought it was a bit funny how – you know, it's often criticized, oh, LA is the car culture capital of the universe, which it is. Nevertheless, Third Street Promenade has thrived there forever. Um, so I think the idea of doing that in SF is, an, I mean, this should have happened years ago. The problem is just getting rid of the cars is not sufficient. You need to do a lot more. It's got to be a much more inviting uh you know, streetscape. There's gotta be more outdoor restaurants and cafes and terraces and that kind of thing, more trees and plants. And you know, one my, my favorite analogy to this is actually Bahnhofstrasse in Zurich. Mm. Um right that that to me is the perfect analogy for what uh Market Street could become
1: yeah it takes the city a while to normally adjust sure. the infrastructure. I would say like between one and three years in terms of planning horizon and times of you know starting the work.
2: Hey slow guys there isn't an- there's an example in Paris, um, and as you might heard, does it work? Yeah, you've you've heard that Parisians are are, are very uh, are very eager to defend their their current situation, and uh, they are on the street for everything. And um, I like that, and um, they also on the street with their cars a lot of time. And um, now they they about to close the. Uh, the local governments are closing the cities, and so they do in Paris. Uh, the plan is to to close Le Marais, which is a quite fancy quarter in the city of Paris, and they want to close it for cars entirely, which causes huge traffic problems. And they, they're they making the, the city car car unfriendly and very friendly for bicycles. And I have to say, it's, this transformation takes three years now, and it's not complete yet. But when I'm in my car, I feel super annoyed and I hate it. But once I'm on my bicycle, it's really, really good. It's getting better and better. And I wonder if-
0: – So I know L'Henari in Paris. You're saying they're, going to shut, they're, they're proposing to shut down all of the streets in that entire region? Yeah.
2: You remember the little Japanese restaurant we went to when you were in Paris? I
0: was, I was just going to ask you if that was the place. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it yeah.
2: starts there and then it's an, entire, it's an entire quarter. And it's senseless to go there with a the car. Yeah. It's really senseless. And you just yeah. close
0: it, it would be nice. And I would say it's senseless to go anywhere with a car in Paris, but okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: but I mean, some people just have to do delivery and – I don't know. When you go – when you have, a, sure, you have kids sure. and – all well, bad excuses, but I, I, I love cars and I love yeah. driving cars, a cultural thing. I mean, right. Me too. Um,
0: that's, that's the paradox of all this, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, you can – you you have arguments, Russian arguments, scientifically proven, take your bicycles, better for your health and everything and everything and everything. But you take your car in any case because – you're used to it. I don't know, and maybe you—I don't know—you just don't like new technology, or for whatever reason. We're about to figure that out, by the way, um, in, in, a, in one, uh, one, one of our projects—a is survey that we do on the acceptance of, of autonomous driving cars. And this is one thing that we really want to figure out. And I think that applies in many, many cities. You can go to Paris, you can go to um, Los Angeles, Barcelona—they're closing streets or, or, or entire. You know,
0: yeah. Entire, entire zones. Hey, by the way, Felix, you, you actually alluded to a thing. <clears throat> we should probably say something a bit more explicit about that. Um, you want to give us a 30-second soundbite of uh, the survey you just mentioned?
2: Uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's actually what we're working very hard on lately. Um, all of us, especially Martin, is involved as well. Um, we are doing a survey on the acceptance of new forms of mobility. And we focused on, on autonomous driving Um, it's not a new idea. There are many surveys out there, but they're lacking on some points, or they are weak on some points. Some are stronger, some are are, are less good. And we are trying to um, update certain questions that have been asked and uh, try to add new questions and try to make our own predictions and try to to figure out what the future will look like. Um, Because as we see, as I mentioned, there are rational arguments to take um, to for, for for a new technology, let's let's say autonomous driving, it will reduce car uh, car accidents by ninety five percent or whatnot. There are all these predictions that we have. You can make traffic more efficient and and environmentally friendly and everything. So there is no reason not to do it, but still people are concerned. So why is that? That's that's puzzling us, and that's why we um, why we're doing it. And um, I guess very soon we will have it on our website, right? And
0: um, well, wow, Felix is a bit too humble. The, the other big takeaway is the fact that it's going to be the largest AV mobility survey of its type in the world, ever.
1: And I would also say you learn something while filling it in. And um, True, true. The answers which it will provide, and I mean, we have already some answers ready, are of extreme interest, interest to the entire industry. For example, what would you choose if you would take a train or an autonomous vehicle and it would take the same time which of the transport mode would you choose, and then in comparison to if you could take a plane, what would then be your preferred mode? I think those are like really interesting questions, yeah. which we all need to yeah. get our head around.
2: And it is. It is. This survey is beyond the automotive industry. So we're really trying to to see autonomous driving and and also shared mobility as something that is that is interconnected with several industries. We have. We. I think we we. We would all agree it's it's for for construction industry for example it's extremely interesting it's for any kind of policy makers um it's interesting car industry of course um tier one two etc so it's it's really a wide-spanning topic that is extremely interesting um as mark said it it's supposed to be one of the biggest surveys ever done on the sub on this subject and um we need your help, so we invite we invite, we invite everyone to share the, the survey and to fill it in. It's it's a very, very nicely made one, and uh, voila, yeah.
0: Yeah, and actually, we're going to share the link shortly. It's going to be on our website over at hoganscode.com, um, but I'll, we'll, we'll be sharing that real soon. Um, let's see, Martin, did you have any other uh, points from CES? Uh, if not, I've got one left. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner?
2: Check.
1: Toyota proclaims that they want to build the prototype city of the future.
0: Ooh, I don't yes, know I like if that.
1: any of you two saw that. And I thought it was interesting from so many points. It practically uh, CEO announces that they want to build for 2000 people, a city yep. 175 acres on a former industrial side of theirs. And they want to test all sorts of texts among them, hydrogen fuel cells. Um, when I read it, I got a bit, I got a bit concerned, but uh, I don't know. Maybe you two go, and then I I put my, I just, my points I in there.
0: Just hit, sorry, just a quick comment on that, and I want to hand it off to you. But but the first thing that comes to mind, though, is a thing that everyone was talking about back in, like, 2009, I think, 2010, and then somehow everyone forgot about was the Mazdar City project outside of, uh, I want to say, Abu Dhabi, I believe. Um if that rings a bell at all, I'm curious how this is going to compare to that in some form or another, at least. Uh, but yeah, I'm generally very, very excited.
2: I had a quick question: Is it the woven city? Yes, it is. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, I heard about this. As well, it's it's powered by fuel cells, so there's the, the 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 power supply will be fuel cells. Is it that?
1: Yes, it, like it's supposed to using hydrogen fuel cells and like sustainable technology
2: to to power them. Yeah. this is for me this is in line it's a Toyota project and it's really pretty much in line with the with the government or with the government program uh, in Japan that they're pushing this technology uh, namely fuel cells um, a lot um, it feels like everything that's on the on the political agenda and it's around this uh, the Olympic Games that are uh, this year or next year this in year. Um, this year in Tokyo um, they're pushing it hard and, and the industry follows and and um, but why would I think we see a very interesting hydrogen? development there. Why,
1: why do they prefer hydrogen? Mark and me were discussing this the other day and we couldn't think of uh, it. No, we,
2: I mean, we couldn't get locked right into again? this, I guess.
1: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Not again. Um,
2: we, can, we can talk another hour about yeah, this. Yeah, probably. I mean,
0: does, Toyota own, like, hydrogen, does Toyota own hydrogen stock or you know. something? What's, what's the deal? Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: I sort of, like, I mean, you you both make very good points. I sort of, interesting from another perspective. I mean, it really fits into these, this idea of smart cities, which a lot of the other tech companies are trying to establish and, like, getting a lot of pushback. I would say, like, for example, Google in Vancouver. Um, and so it, it's not really, if you're trying to do it in a well-established city, then you're getting a lot of negative feedback from a citizen on this. But it it's clear that it makes sense to, trial new technologies in a in an urban setting and see how it's going um it makes a lot of sense that they want to go to a place where there is no already established city because then it's probably much cheaper to like build the technology and you really get to build your own way of infrastructure and i think they're mentioning to prickly have Three different types of infrastructure accustomed to whatever kind of like mode of transportation you want, so I assume there's going to be one autonomous vehicles, one walking and then one cycling, and they're all very separate and safe
0: um and it and it but what you just described literally is what mazdar city yeah. outside of Abu Dhabi is all about too same idea but but
1: then i'm I'm really surprised because while I understand this direction I understand this approach i it's i would be worried if i was them because i mean is it really possible i mean you have nowadays larger cities and especially i mean japan and those cities go into the million and is then a 2000 inhabitant test case which would be maybe a block in a normal city like tokyo is this really a good test case for how a city could work second of all is really separating traffic from each other away we want to go i mean this is what we did in the 1960s and 70s and it produced massive amount of casualties especially in asia and and because people would try to cross those kind of infrastructure projects which were built against walking and then they would just get tangled up in traffic and would be overrun because the cars would be too fast so it it's strange that they they would try to go in this direction and and then also with the with you know trying to build a model city where you invite the citizens, how how representative, how representative is it? Wouldn't you want to rather go into a normal neighborhood uh, and try to apply technology there and see how it works and then improve from there? Wouldn't that be a more natural way of going about it? Especially if you think about a city, how it develops cities which are successful or places which constantly are able to adapt to the people's needs. And if you come as a concept from a city where you think we're going to build this one thing and then this is going to be the city of the future and it just never changes because all the infrastructure is just totally fixed then this is very much contrast to to how how a normal city would evolve you know and how it would be updated and how there's a process of errors which then practically creates a momentum for change
0: I mean, what if it's something a bit simpler? This is just a, a test ground. They're going to try whatever they can, uh, experiment there, and then whatever lessons they learn there, then they can deploy them to real cities around the world. Yeah, that would be great. Isn't that kind of all it that is? That's that,
1: that would be great.
0: But, but I see your point. Your, your question is whether it's a valid test ground. But it's something.
2: Um, um, it really, Mar- uh, Martin, it depends on what you want to do with it. And I think to to isolate it and to, to, to have a smaller – sub-city in a bigger city that is specifically different in many ways, uh, transport, connectivity, and everything. I guess it will be equipped with five G and, and and everything possible. Um, that makes good sense to me, but it really depends on the scientific and program that is behind, and 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 what they want to reach with it. So I think I, I kind of like this this ideas to this kind of projects because for us as economists and 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 also in, in several other use cases for. Daily business, it gives us very, very interesting insights, and there are there are several cities like this or several initiatives like this around the world. And I have uh, when I was working in Berlin, um, there was, it was in the news about um, a very big project from Siemens. There's a it's an area in in Berlin, Spandau, I guess, um, that is called Siemensstadt, so Siemens City, and they want to Siemens wants to come back and and also rebuild an entire an entire part of the city and they want to it's it's much more than just traffic so it's they they want to they want to make it very comfortable for the people to live work and learn and and do everything together so it's really uh, the the objective here is i think it's more than mobility and that's also how we understand how we understand it it's it's really improving people's life and that's basically what 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 all of these actions are, are meant to to be
1: for I'm in no doubt that this is the objective and I think this is a great task. And I'm also not worried about it, about trying it out. I'm more worried that in any of the announcements which I could find, there was any hint about like understanding the wider objective of how a city evolves. You know, it had this very technocratic feel. And I think as long as the people who who are trying to do this, trying to also take the perspective of how a city as a, organism practically evolves and I think that's what where all the modern scientific evidence points to then I only believe that this could only be for the better you know I mean there's a lot of positive sides on on this project it's just that the way it was formulated the woven city of the future then I think that there can be some some extra thoughts which would probably even improve it further I'd say it like that.
0: Yeah, and by the way, the counterpoint and I think this goes to your point Martin is that you know Hyundai uh is going to start testing in Seoul uh actual semi-autonomous cars on real city streets. Uh something like six autonomous hydrogen electric cars and eventually 15 AVs uh by 2021. So <clears throat> to your point that's that's one of their approaches. Yeah.
1: No, I'm, I think we're going to continue seeing these kind of projects pop up. This is not the only one. There's a lot of companies which are experimenting mm. with this. Yeah.
0: Right. Well, speaking of cars and looping back to the conversation briefly about electric and to the broader point of acceptance, because let's face it, whether we're talking about AVs or EVs or both, as is certainly the case going forward, acceptance is going to be a big question. Um, and as an aside, this is why I think it's so important to start small and scale out. Again, to the point of, you know, say cruise, I'm gonna keep picking on cruise, to the point of them being able to start deploying one of their cruise origins along Market Street and SF, I think that is a great way to slowly start to introduce the public to these things and get them comfortable with them. Um again, I'm gonna talk more about this in a future episode, but but going back to cars then for a second, this is gonna sound ridiculously mundane. But I think it's the mundane things that are kind of such a big deal to the point of acceptance. You know what I loved seeing at CES it was the new Jeep 4xe. I know it's not a pure battery electric. It's it's essentially just a battery gas hybrid thing. But I think you know the commitment to start producing all Jeeps with at least a partial electric powertrain – Talk about gradual acceptance. I think that's awesome. I mean, what's more symbolic internationally, as far as vehicles go, Jeep, right up there with maybe the Ford Mustang and Porsche, I suppose, and the Volkswagen Beetle. I mean, a partially electric, electrified Jeep. That, I think, is a really incredibly awesome stepping stone to a fully electrified future. I mean, just to give you an example, right? Suppose you go, if you've ever been to Hawaii, or any island really out here, or anywhere probably, The most common vehicle to rent is a Jeep. Now imagine if people start renting Jeeps that are effectively electric for, I don't know, 40 miles or whatever. That's going to be a really great introduction to at least the electric powertrain. And then you imagine a future where you start to see more and more partial semi – or I should say semi-autonomy and so forth. This is, I think, a really big deal.
2: Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, You have also an electric Harley-Davidson. An electric Harley. I mean, yeah. for, 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 yeah, that's that's strange. Isn't that that's very symbolic? And when I am riding a motorcycle myself, and well, if you if you hear a nice engine and you hear the sound, and it it gives you, I don't know. There are people that hate it, and there are people that love it. And I think many people having a motorcycle, they love it. So it's it's really part of of lifestyle, and it's it's really part of of your maybe your social identity, perhaps for some people it's more some people less but i think about harley davidson um i'm trying to imagine um <laughs> some some motorcycle gangs and then someone shows up with a with an electric uh and he would be so Quite much faster than everybody way.
1: else i mean there's nothing no, to be true, argued but. about electric propulsion it's it's awesome it's incredibly fast you would he would like he wouldn't sure. hear the other people complain he would be faster than them
0: yeah, and actually to that point, did you hear that GM have just announced there's going to be a Hummer EV?
1: Yes, yes. Isn't
0: it? <laughs> I mean, talk about silent beefiness. That's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. Hey, there's some, there is another topic that I really wanted to talk about, and I, I'm scared I'm running out of time, so I really, really, really want to hear at least your opinion about it. There is all this notion of 3D mobility. Um, 3D? 3D means drones or how Oh, <laughs> shit. right,
1: yeah, yeah, also right. So that.
2: All these helicopter style devices, uh, PAV, so personal air device, and uh, Hyundai showed something yeah. in CS. Yeah. Um, I was
0: just yeah. going to say Hyundai's yeah. thing, yeah. Uh,
2: um, what, what, what do you think? Will that be a big thing in the future or is it just something, I don't know, that looks good on your, on your CS stand?
0: yes and no they,
2: they, they hired some some people
1: to to do a market analysis and how many people would use it right now and they came up with something with a ridiculous number like 700 million people could imagine themselves using what? it the only thing they forgot to mention is how much it cost so <laughs> the thing is <laughs> 10 times as expensive as using a car per kilometer i, I don't know the amount of people who live in this world who can use something which is that incredibly expensive are, I think, rather limited. You know, I mm, mean, that's... you would use it for, like, special trips, but
2: but not on an everyday basis, not on a... For me, the use case that I have in mind is you arrive at an airport, you have a first-class ticket, you don't want to spend an hour in a taxi to go downtown, so you take this, you land on your office building or wherever you want to go directly, it takes you 15 okay. minutes.
0: But wait a second. I'm pretty sure we already have this. It's called, uh, oh yeah, Helicopters.
1: <laughs> Become a pilot also. It's great.
0: Yeah, exactly. Look, I, I just think it's a silly question to ask. like Because everyone raises this question. You're right. I I mean, uh, sure, th- these are going to exist in some form. But you're right. It's going to be a novelty. It's going to be a, a luxury thing, of course. But... I, I, no, I don't think we're going to have these things buzzing all over the place if nothing else as you know Elon once pointed out, it'd be super annoying to have a bunch of noisy things buzzing around, blowing all this wind down on top of everybody all the time. Mm. Yeah, it would
2: and be, also it will this this is an interesting thing from a technological point of view, but I think it will not solve any kind of traffic problem yeah because so it I think have the, we, have, we have smarter ways to solve that We have smarter ways as we, as we all know, we have smarter ways to do that.
1: There's probably an optimal range for one of those. You, you know, if you want to jump like, I don't know, 25 miles in a city and it's a very tight-knit city and you want to go practically from one side of the city center to really the opposite end of the city and you know there's going to be a lot of traffic, then this might seem a viable option. But I mean, the 50 bucks you're going to pay down for that is practically what you would have wanted to spend on dinner on that night. So for most people, there's going to be a decision to be made on how much faster do you really want to be.
0: Yeah, and actually to that point, you know what I'm really excited about, to be honest? So um, out in Boston, there's an airline called Cape Air, and they operate these little tiny uh, propeller aircraft. I forget which model now. Um, And they simply fly people from Boston to the nearby islands and Cape Cod and Martha's Vineyard and that kind of thing. Well, they just launched their first ever – or they're about to launch their first ever electric version of the aircraft. And similarly, here on the West Coast – up in Vancouver or, or Victoria, I guess, or Seattle. <laughs> um, the the, the uh, What's the airline called? Harbor Air. It's a seaplane mm-hmm. company, both for getting from A to B, but also for tourism flights. And they also have just announced, they just did a test flight with the first ever electric modified, uh, converted electric beaver seaplane to have one beaver. so Or otter, I suppose. Um, but yeah, so I think in many respects, that's kind of the bigger, more imminently bigger deal. Because just imagine for relatively short flights, so an hour or two, you know, that are currently used by propeller aircraft to replace those with electric. I think that's a really big deal.
2: No, and again here, uh, that's I think airplanes is a very interesting use case for fuel cells. Not not entering the discussion of fuel cells and batteries, but I think here that makes good sense.
0: Right, and and actually, you just gave me an idea. You know, it's true though this, but it is a question that pops up a lot though this this you know autonomous vertical takeoff vtol aircraft you know uh maybe it's time we do our own number crunching too and see what we come up with because it would be nice to have a definitive answer of our own honestly uh because everyone does want to know and everybody let's face it i think we all kind of like to imagine that future whether it's because we grew up watching star trek star wars or blade runner we've all imagined this future of these things flying all over the place so we should be able to get a pretty definitive uh, kind of estimate for what sort of future timeline numbers cost that should look like. Now, yeah,
2: I'm also super excited to see um, w- what kind of insights we can we can extract and um, what the first analysis will bring. Um, we see something already, but it's too early to say. But it's very promising. You mean from the survey? From the survey um yeah that that will be that would be very awesome,
0: yeah, I'm pretty genuinely excited <laughs> All right guys, well, I guess that's a wrap then uh obviously, thanks for joining me. I know it's getting late on your side of the globe uh I however have an entire afternoon ahead of me, and the sun is shining so um thanks very much for doing this today
2: uh yeah, Mark, have a beautiful afternoon with a lot of sun um here in Paris it's cold raining and uh, pretty late, so it was good talking to you. And hope to do another podcast very soon. Uh, The same here. Very enjoyable. Very informative. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be on there again. Yeah.
0: And again, to everyone listening, we will, of course, uh, share with you the link to that survey uh, very soon. But yeah, it will be on our website at hogandco.com. All right, guys. Have a great night over there. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right. Well, that is a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to check us out over at hoagandco.com. That's H-O-A-G-A-N-D-C-O.com. And of course, on all social media at Hoag Co. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to see you back here on Friday for a discussion on the cruise origin. Until then, have a wonderful rest of the week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye.